our apologies to those who are listening. We had some good stuff we just shared, uh, but it was only for those who are in attendance. So if you want to hear some of this really good stuff, you got to be here at the church at 5310 Walthall Street. Uh, today is October 25th. It's our Wednesday night. We're going through Deuteronomy. Hopefully we'll be finishing up within the next couple weeks. I doubt we will finish tonight. Last week we went through 26, chapter 33. We stopped reading, I think, around 26. So we, that would basically put us through all the blessings of Moses to the nation uh, or each individual tribe. And we were kind of thinking about uh, what happened with Jacob on his deathbed and how he did a blessing slash cursing of all of his sons uh, in Genesis 49. And maybe doing a little comparison between the two because uh, it's a very interesting thing to look at. One from Jacob the father, the other one from Moses many, many years later, uh, right before they actually go into the promised land. Uh, if you think about if you think if you think about that time in Genesis 49, right after that is when uh, you know Joseph is going to die and go into the grave. And he, he, before he dies, he makes mention of his bones. So you have to think that now they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They've been carrying the bones of Joseph all these 40 years, wandering around, keeping track of those bones so they could carry those into the promised land. And so some uh, prophecy and an amazing example of faith that we'll eventually get to in Hebrews 11. When we get to 11.22 in Hebrews, we'll, we'll talk about that one verse. I think it's just one verse that talks about Joseph mentioning his bones. And why was that such a great act of faith to mention carrying my bones away from here? Well, that, after you see everything that has happened, that was an amazing act of faith. He actually believed God was going to deliver them out of Egypt and take them all the way back to that land that was promised to Abraham. So we're seeing it about ready to happen in, uh, in Deuteronomy at the end of it. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. Father, we thank you for health, uh, being well. Father, we have had so many people that have gone through sicknesses, and Father, we need your strength. And Father, I've seen your strength. I've seen you touch and help in time of need when it matters most. And Father, you uh, give us strength to do the things that uh, we're supposed to do for you. And Father, we notice those things. We, we are thankful for them. And Father, we just want to lift up
people, uh, Father, people who are out there wondering what is going on with life. And Father, we just want people who have questions, people who are just wandering around, just not knowing the purpose of being here, that they would be drawn to places like this where we are studying your word. Father, that we would be a people who will be ready to help those people who just don't seem to understand. Um, I just hear too many things, Father, of people who are just struggling with life. And, Father, we want to be a place of light where people will want to turn to, and, Father, we can introduce them to you and your holy scriptures. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So after going through all the different tribes, uh, we're going to start reading at 26. There is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help, and in his excellency on the sky. So this is uh, a pretty amazing thing to think about. You can see the kings of the earth and how they ride on a big stallion. Maybe they are riding in a chariot. There's all these ways you can picture a powerful king uh, coming out to battle. And, but then you compare God Almighty, the God over the nation of Israel, and he is Riding in the heaven, his excellency is on the sky. He's so much bigger and better and more powerful than anything else. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. So if, you, if you think about the everlasting arms, they're always going to be under you, holding you, carrying you, wherever, whatever you need. They're there. Those, those everlasting arms, just imagine them being stretched out and you laying there. Moses is painting a really vivid picture here you would think, I mean, he knows what's going to happen to him. He's going to go up and stand in a place and look out. So what mountain is he going to go walk up on top of? What's the name of that mountain? Nebo. He's going to walk up there, and when he's up there, he's going to look out. And God's going to let him see. Does anybody know how far? what the distance is from where he's going to be standing and where it is to go over into the promised land. What's that distance? Anybody know? I think it's six miles. Or six. I just thought that was interesting. But he can't go over. He's got to go up in that mountain and die. You would think somebody who knew that was getting ready to happen to them would be kind of bummed out. 
and not in a mood to write this to the nation of Israel. But it's the total opposite. It's, it's like he's full of amazing words and encouragement. He's already done all this warning. All the negative talk has all been done. And he's through with that. And now the time that you think he would be the most depressed, he, he comes out with these... Notice, this is his final words. This is what he's going to be remembered by. And these are the things that he says... 28, Israel then shall dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon, the, upon the, a land of corn and wine. Also, his heavens shall drop down dew. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, or, you know, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency, and thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. So we're going to, so that, that is the conclusion of 33. Now let's go back to the beginning of 33, where it says, And he said, The Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of saints. Okay, all right, so think about Sinai, and then think about Seir over there and Paran over there, I'm trying to remember the distance between those, but there's all kinds of literature from ancient times. When God came down on that mountain to deliver the Ten Commandments to Moses and the brightness that was on that mountain shone so bright that it was reflecting off of mountains many, many miles away in different directions. And there were inhabitants of the land that saw what was going on, and it was nothing like they had ever seen. An amazing sight. Unfortunately, when Moses... So Joseph and I was talking about that yesterday, the day before, and... Joseph was like, yeah, he, he went up on that mountain, he got the Ten Commandments, and while he was gone, what was the nation doing? I mean, think about Moses finally getting those two big tablets, and he's carrying them down, big smile on his face, he's finally bringing it down, and he comes down off the mountain, and he sees the nation of Israel, and what are they doing? Well, it looks like they're worshiping other gods and making images. Well, let me see how far down the list I got to go before I see where they're breaking a law ah, and smashing them all on the ground, right? He gets so angry. He couldn't get past number one. <laughs> 
and number two. All right, I'm going to read a, a few comments out of Charles Spurgeon. This is what Charles Spurgeon says about uh, verses two and three. And he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand, and they sat down at thy feet. So he says, God's appearance on Sinai was a token of his love, love <clears throat> to them, even though it amazed them and distressed many of them. Yet still, it was a great thing that God should come so near to these people and should reveal his will to them. If God should come to us with his lightning and should humble us and should cause us to fear and quake, it would be a token of love. The ungodly are left to go in their sin. But as for us, if we are someone he loves, he will rebuke us and bring his law to do its work on our hearts and conscience. It may seem strange, but so it is. He came with lightning from his right hand for them. Indeed, he loves the people. Because he loves them, he reveals to them his law. All your holy ones are in your hand. They are in a place of safety and of privilege, where they learn how precious they are to him. And they assemble at your feet, another place for saints. They are always learning. They are disciples. They sit with meek humility at their master's feet and drink in his words. Those who do not know God's love trifle with his words and reject them. Those he loves receives his words and feed on them. That's Charles Spurgeon, long time ago. Now, that's a book that Lois won't give up very easily. Charles, anything Charles Spurgeon. All right, now let's look at 13, verse 13. That's the verse that talks, and, uh, talk about the blessing of Joseph. And that one said, And of Joseph, he said, Blessed, blessed of the Lord be his land for the precious things of heaven, for the dew and for the deep that couches beneath. So we were talking last week about how, you know, the dew, what comes down from at the outside, uh, either clouds or just condensation, those types of things, but then beneath is the springs that come from beneath. Uh, when you have a place like that, a lot of beautiful growth. All right, so Charles Spurgeon talking about that verse. And for the deep that couches beneath, we must say to ourselves, each one of us, I want Christ in my own heart. I want the love of God shed abroad in my own soul. I want not only to talk about heavenly things, but to know and experience them. So, you know, it's a, it's, there's a difference between, which has kind of been a little bit of a theme lately, to just know about all the blessings that God offers and actually enjoying them. The difference of just knowing what the Bible says and actually living the Bible. 
knowing who Jesus is, but actually being in Christ Jesus. The difference, see it? So, he said, again, I want not only to talk about heavenly things, but to know and experience them. I desire to be possessed by the Spirit, that's the big-ass Spirit, of truth and to know His power. We, we must sink our roots into the deep things of God till we tap the great deep of divine all-sufficiency. I pray we will seek after a spiritual life that is never dependent on outward ordinances. It is a great comfort to be able to hear the word faithfully preached. But suppose we are placed where there is no preaching of the word. Then it will be a happy circumstance if our godliness can survive such a deprivation. It would be a grand thing to be able to go to our Bible and to our knees and draw near to God alone and so grow strong enough to send our branches over the wall. Now, notice how he's, he's bringing in... So he's, he's talking about verse 13, talking about Joseph. Well, where's he getting the branches going over the wall? Well, you go back to Genesis 49, and the blessing that Jacob puts on Joseph, it talks about his branches flowing over the wall reaching over the wall, by blessing others. So what did Joseph do down in Egypt? Not only blessed his own people, Egypt, but blessed anybody who came down to them. He, they, by, by him being misplaced, was actually put in the perfect place, and because he was in that place, he was able to touch everybody that needed to be touched just like Jesus. He was misplaced. He was, he was displaced, out of glory, put in a place down here where he didn't belong, but oh, he really did belong here. God wanted him to come here so that he can touch everybody that had the needs, that were starving, that were just lost, and going to die if they didn't get the, uh, provided for by Jesus. By blessing others and beginning to teach or preach Christ. The Lord's Supper is a sacred ordinance, and I would have us come to the Lord's table as often as we can. But if we are where no Christian person is near, with whom we could break bread, may we have divine grace to feed on Jesus himself. Spiritual life loves the outward ordinances, but if it is deprived of them, it survives their absence. Charles Spurgeon. And now for a verse that we just read just a little bit ago, talking about uh, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, 
destroy them. That's uh, verse, verse 27. And here is Spurgeon's comment on that. Underneath are the everlasting arms. This short passage is found in the midst of a mass of gold. Sentences containing the richest treasures of the truth of God. All this spiritual wealth is the heritage of the people of God, not only of those to whom these words were spoken, but to those who are the believing children of the Father of all believers. If we are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, we may take these precious words home to ourselves, and we may live on them. We may eat the fat, drink the sweet, and rejoice in all the refreshment that they bring to our spirits. In verses 26 and 20, through, 26 through 29, notice how near God is said to be to his people. He is described as being above us, with his divine power, faith can hear the tramp of the celestial calvary above our heads. Then God is beneath us with his everlasting arms. The next sentence shows us God before us, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. And the remaining verses of the chapter represent him as being all around us so that we are encompassed with God, with the glorious presence of his mighty love. He is above, beneath, before, and all around us. He never forsakes us, for in him we live, move, and have our being. Let us rejoice, therefore, in our Lord's nearness. All this is stuff I was going to read last Wednesday, but I coughed too many times to be able to get all that in. So I think that officially finishes chapter 33. Any questions? You know, you would think that we could uh, go through 34 really quick, and it's only 12 verses. It's just 12. But it's, it's some pretty interesting stuff in here. Um... Uh, so I think we should take a whole Wednesday to go over 34. So that's what we'll do. So next Wednesday, we won't be doing that next Wednesday unless something crazy happens. But actually, since Joseph's agreed, we'll go ahead and go with that regardless. As far as, so next Wednesday, I won't be here. I'm, I'm, the plan is I'm not going to be here. Uh, I have a cross-country regionals that I'll be at. Joseph is going to fill in and he'll have a teaching for next Wednesday so that we can, you know, have a podcast. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to this the following Wednesday. Okay, sound good? All right. Um, any questions about this? Any comments? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have opened up your holy scriptures and father we have seen some amazing things and, and father we just just want to make mention of great people who have come before us 
Father, we, we're, we're looking at Moses and all the things he did for the nation of Israel. Father, how he was not able, but you used him. Father, we have people like uh, Charles Spurgeon that we quoted from tonight that led so many people to you. Father, we can think of all kinds of people who just followed in the footsteps of those who had gone before. Father, we're just trying to do our part here to do, to do the same. Father, I ask that you would give a blessing to each and every person who came out tonight, that they would be better able, have, have, a, have more confidence to uh, to tell people the things of your word, Father, to be able to have words of encouragement, words of edifying, just different ways of being able to uh, communicate to people in a godly way. So, Father, just thank you for blessing these people and protect them. In Christ's name we pray, amen.